Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, January 31st, 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is Unlocking Kingdom Hearts' very own Cam Hawkins. Cam, how's it going? What's up, Bless? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I was about to ask Kevin, what's up with the blue? But I think it's fixed now. Okay, yeah, we're good. <laughs> Cam, you came on a very interesting day because it's rare that like we have very big breaking news hitting at 10 a.m. as we go live. But it happened <laughs> today was one of those days where like as soon as we sat down you know the, the 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 doc was compiled i was looking through i was like okay i think we're good for news all of a sudden a, a, a juggernaut of an announcement happened sony has bought bungie we're going to talk about it in today's show but before we get there cam for people who don't know who you are who is kim hawkins yeah so um well for kind of funny best friends you might remember back pre-covid days uh i am the current pierce schneider inner sight champion uh mm. you know the trophy is like right right over there oh other side other side there over there in the corner um still holding on to it um and then i'm a writer and host uh i've i do i've done things with ign i've been on podcast and lock quite a bit um i was on beyond once i have some uh some uh credits over at ign um and uh you know i'm uh i do freelance stuff but i also just uh launched a new podcast series uh, like a limited series podcast unlocking unlocking kingdom hearts which is a uh series where uh me alexa ray korea who you may uh, remember from like what's good games but she also is like now an, uh, a narrative designer at sledgehammer um jonathan dornbush ign's playstation guy you know and uh, kevin diaz from playstation source we're all uh, we all came together and we wanted to make this podcast to help complement uh, players who are playing through the series for the very first time. Um, mm -hmm. Because Kingdom Hearts is a controversial series in the sense of like, oh, it doesn't make any sense. The story is hard to follow, things like that. And specifically me, Alexa, and Jonathan are going to be uh, the experts to kind of like explain things that uh, people, you know, people can write into the show and be like, hey, like, I don't fully understand this or that if, if that happens um and help explain it and make things more approachable for those who uh, want it or even for people that have been like hey i'm really having a good time uh what's your favorite moment here what's your favorite moment there so we're planning on like dedicating uh one episode to a game so it's gonna be a very slow rollout like maybe an episode a month you know as we have to play other games as well but this is something that we definitely want to see through in celebration of the 20th anniversary and as well again just to help new players but we also want veterans that are uh familiar with the series to come back and uh you know listen to the show and write in their favorite memories from when they played through the series and, and if they're playing through it again um so yeah uh, episode zero is out right now on uh youtube and uh spotify unlocking kingdom hearts Oh yeah, I'm very excited for that. Uh, I know like there are plenty of people in our audience that are that are, that are Kingdom Hearts fans, right? And like Kingdom Hearts fans, I would say are maybe it may, is maybe one of the most passionate fan bases out there in terms of video games go. And I know me and Gary would have made fun of Kingdom Hearts fans in the past because of it, but it's also the thing of like Kingdom Hearts growing up was such a a cool and fascinating series for me. Where I remember watching commercials for Kingdom Hearts and going what is this magic right here what is this right here <laughs> mickey mouse is hanging out yeah. with an anime boy i gotta i gotta know what this is about and like as a kid playing through kingdom hearts one was always like a oh this is fucking crazy right and i didn't get to i uh, sadly i didn't get to get to kingdom hearts 2 until later in life and by that point i felt like it was too late for me where like i tried it's to play kingdom hearts 2 and i was like 
oh man, I don't know if this is hitting the same as like a twenty eight, like a twenty five year old adult at that point. Um, but uh, definitely go check out uh, Unlocking Kingdom Hearts if that is your jam. If you want to uh, go in there and listen to uh, Kim Hawkins, Jonathan Dornbush, Alexa Ray Korea, and then who's the fourth person again? Uh, Kevin Diaz from PlayStation Source. Sick. Yeah, go check that out. And congrats uh, on that launch. That is very awesome. Cam, Thank you. Without further ado, we got to get into today's stories, which includes Sony buys Bungie, uh, FF7 remake sequels being revealed this year, question mark, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you we're recording ps i love you xoxo on patreon later today i have no idea where we are be talking about you know maybe we'll talk about our most anticipated games 2022 maybe we'll talk about sony buying bungie uh, you'll have to uh, wait and see you can catch that live if you're a patreon supporter uh over on patreon.com slash kind of funny games and then you can catch the episode tomorrow on youtube and on podcast services around the globe for that playstation conversation that you all love and i'll tell you right now write in with questions i know you guys got a lot of questions so let us know your <laughs> questions about uh the bungie acquisition from sony and then today uh, is a very exciting day because at 3 p.m pacific time on twitch.tv slash andy cortez the nitro rifle will be competing against other streamers in the TurboTax expert invitational which sounds like a joke that greg miller made up but it seems like it's a real thing uh will he get unlucky <laughs> and have to <laughs> i don't know like out of all the fucking streams you could do TurboTax expert invitational is the one that andy cortez is doing later on his twitch stream uh will he get unlucky and have to play overcooked or will his fps skills come Come into play with Halo or Apex Legends. Tune in to twitch.tv slash Andy Cortez at 3 p.m. Pacific time to find out and cheer him on. Thank you to our Patreon producers, James Davis at James Davis Makes, Blackjack, and Pranksy. Today we're brought to you by DoorDash, but we'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. Starting with our number one, a megaton announcement. Sony has bought Bungie. And this is awesome because like chat, audience, people listening, people watching, I'm experiencing this at the same time as you are. I've not gotten a chance to read through the article to know what the uh, actual breakdown is. I'm like clicking into gamesindustry.biz and I think the website is down because people are clicking into it so much. And so I can't like double check (laughs) to see who the sources are because I forgot to put the source uh, in there. But uh, story number one is Sony is buying Bungie for $3.6 million. This is from gamesindustry.biz. And once the website's back up, I'll check to see who the actual writer is. Thank God I copied and pasted it. Brendan Sinclair. Brendan Sinclair. Sinclair. Thank you so much for that. The article reads like this. Sony Interactive Entertainment today announced a deal to acquire Bungie for $3.6 billion, the latest in a string of big ticket consolidation deals in the games industry. After the deal closes, Bungie will be a, quote, an independent subsidiary of SIE run by a board of directors consisting of current CEO and chairman uh, Pete Parsons and the rest of the studio's current management team. 
Sony has said Bungie will remain a multi-platform studio with the option to, quote, self-publish and reach players wherever they choose to play, end quote. At present, the studio is working on maintaining Destiny 2, expanding the Destiny uh, franchise, and working on new IP. Quote, we've had a strong partnership with Bungie since the inception of the Destiny franchise, and I couldn't be more thrilled to officially welcome to the studio the, pl uh, the pl welcome the studio to the PlayStation family, said SIE president and CEO Jim Ryan. Quote, this is an important step in our strategy to expand the reach of PlayStation to a much wider audience. We understand how vital Bungie's community is to the, to the studio and look forward to supporting them as they remain independent and continue to grow. Like Bungie, our community is core to PlayStation's DNA and our shared passion for the gamer and building the best place to play will now evolve even further, end quote. Parsons said SIE supported the studio, uh, the studio's dual goal of making generation-spanning entertainment while staying creatively independent. Quote, both Bungie and SIE believe that game worlds are only the beginning of what our IP will become, Parsons said. Our original universes have immense potential and with SIE support, we'll, pro we'll propel Bungie into becoming a global multimedia entertainment company dedicated to delivering on our creative vision, end quote. The deal caps off a massive January for games industry acquisitions. Take-Two announced an agreement to acquire Zynga for roughly $12.7 billion on January 11th, and Microsoft followed up with a $68.7 billion deal for Activision Blizzard a week later. This will be the second time Bungie has been bought by a platform holder. Microsoft acquired the studio in June of 2000, securing its then-upcoming shooter Halo as an exclusive title for, original X for the original Xbox's 2001 launch. Bungie would regain its independence shortly after the launch of Halo 3 in October 2007. It produced two more exclusive Halo games for the company, Halo 3 ODST and Halo Reach, before signing a 10-year deal with Activision that will lead to, to the creation of the Destiny franchise. And that's the end of the GamesIndustry.biz article. From there, I want to hop into a tweet by Herman Holst, at Herman Holst on Twitter, who tweets out, I'm absolutely thrilled to welcome Bungie to the PlayStation family. Bungie create community-driven games with outstanding technology that are enormous fun to play that are that are enormous fun to play and i know that everyone at playstation studios will be excited about what we can share and learn together and then he tweets out a really cool graphic of like the playstation cross bungee yeah that looks, that looks cool, really cool. That looks, looks really cool. hot cam what is your immediate reaction to this news uh this was unexpected <laughs> i think that there is you know, with everything that happened with Activision Blizzard, even though, like, this obviously had to have been something that was uh, planned for a while now, yeah. uh, it feels kind of like a clapback, right? It feels like, oh, you took, like, Call of Duty from us, or we're going to take Bungie from, like, from you. And granted, this is going to still be multi-platform and things like that, but Bungie, I still feel, as someone who did a lot of 360, you know, Xbox 360 gaming, like, is synonymous with Xbox, you know? It, it mm. still kind of feels like an Xbox household name. And now it's being, you know, now PlayStation has bought it. Um, Grant, uh, and like, I think that there's going to, it, the thing that's going to be interesting about it is like how it's going to feel, how I'm going to kind of get to that transition. It's like, oh yeah, this is a PlayStation title now because, you know, because it's staying multi-platform and Destiny is an ongoing type of title, right? So like we we don't really see those a game like destiny that's ongoing as a kind of identification of a certain console because of that mm -hmm. um and so like maybe when future ip come out it's just like oh this next 
IP you like is a PlayStation title. We're going to see the Sony Interactive Entertainment on there. But also, like, I get... Th- this deal reminds me a lot of Bethesda, except for with this point, it's going all multi-platform, uh, you know, still staying multi-platform. And I get why, because, like, Bungie doesn't want, like, future titles to go away from Xbox and PC because they have goodwill with those other platforms. Like, all of Destiny is on Game Pass, and, like... Like, PC is uh, one of the more popular places... Like, people prefer to play Destiny on PC if they have access to a PC. Um, So, there's a lot going on here, especially with, like, seeing how the quote of, like, becoming a global uh, multimedia entertainment company. Like, curious as to, like, what does that mean? Like, is there going to be Mm -hmm. now, like... Are they going to be working on television shows that are based in the Destiny universe? Are they going to... I mean, I I think that's got to be it, right? When you have have PlayStation, right, and you have... uh, uh playstation productions and playstation going into making the last Swiss tv show when you look at the ip now that you have with bungie you're looking at destiny and destiny out of all the uh, ip now that you have at playstation i would figure that is one that you that you do want to do something with right you do want to either make a tv show or a movie or something that people can follow uh follow follow with uh uh, uh beyond just the video game now i also want to welcome to the show the homie paris lily from the kind of funny x cast who i know has shit to say about this paris are you there <laughs> uh can i just say holy shit because yeah, uh, i was literally in a meeting and i was like i gotta dip out because oh my god uh, like i have no words for uh this happening i mean but good for playstation clearly they're they're seeing what microsoft is doing making all these big acquisitions and getting bungee i mean that that is freaking huge to do that i mean what the fallout of this is going to be we know they're working on a new ip I guess it's safe to assume this is now a quote unquote PlayStation exclusive, whatever this new IP is going to be. But what does this mean for Destiny moving forward? I would assume it stays everywhere that it is currently, right? As they continue um, to put out the Witch Queen. That's how you got to do it, right? Like we we saw that uh, when Microsoft uh, uh, acquired uh, 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 Mojang right? Minecraft stayed everywhere because what are you going to do? You're not going to pull Minecraft off of other platforms, right? Like that is a sucky thing to do. And also like a sucky business decision when you already have those player bases and those platforms. I would imagine that, yeah, Destiny, Destiny 2, that stays everywhere. That continues to get updates. That continues to live on all platforms. If there is a Destiny 3, I think that's when it comes comes exclusive. And I think that's where you really make the big push of, all right, let's get the Destiny fan base on PlayStation. Let's really make that move. And then, yeah, I think whatever new IP that Bungie is working on as well is going to be PlayStation exclusive uh paris as somebody who's a big destiny fan and a big bungee fan tell me what do we know about the new ip is it a first person shooter do we know anything about it no clue um it's we i've definitely seen certain people that were working on destiny on multiplayer stuff have kind of conveniently disappeared and are no longer working on it so it's safe to assume they're working on something multiplayer wise for whatever this uh, new ip is going to be and i'm actually looking right now um bungee did put out a tweet um, it's 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 a it's an image, but basically they're saying destiny itself will remain everywhere. You know, um, yeah. self-published, creatively independent. Um, it's it's not nothing's going to change as far as that goes. So I would assume this is all future stuff coming from Bungie, where obviously PlayStation is going to have the option to make it exclusive. They could keep it everywhere. I I, I would assume for me personally, anything that Bungie is doing moving forward, yeah, console-wise, it may be on PlayStation but it's probably going to show up on PC too. That would be my guess, right? Because, you know, it's, that's just kind of been their DNA, you know, with destiny. So why would they completely shift gears as far as that goes? 
and that is technically multi-platform when they say multi-platform so like they could just be like oh it's going everywhere like it's going on playstation and pc but it's not going to xbox and yeah, that makes sense like that, that loophole right because it says with the option like that like bungie has the option to self-publish and reach players wherever they choose to play so that that means anywhere but like you know with that wording it could just be playstation pc no xbox I yeah. want to hop into this uh, blog post on Bungie's website because as the news went up, of course, like I pulled from GamesIndustry.biz, Bloomberg has an article as well. Everybody's putting out articles. I want to pull directly from <laughs> the source itself, Bungie.net, where they uh, uh, write, a, uh, write, write a blog about what this means for them. Right? It's titled, Bungie joins Sony Interactive Entertainment. We believe games have limitless potential and, and that, that to do anything worthwhile in entertainment, we must bet big on our vision, on our studio, and on our incredible team of trusted creators who build unforgettable worlds that truly, uh, truly matter to people. In SIE, we have found a partner who un unconditionally supports us and all, all we are and who wants to accelerate our vision to create generation-spanning entertainment, all while preserving the creative independence that beats in, beats in Bungie's heart. Like us, SIE believes that game worlds are only the beginning of what our IPs can become. Together, we share a dream of creating and fostering iconic franchises that unite friends around the world, families across generations, and fans across multiple platforms and entertainment mediums, which is what we're talking about right now. Today, Bungie begins our journey to become a, a, a global multimedia entertainment company. Uh, and then they, they talk about creative freedom. Since taking flight in 1991, Bungie has always charted the future with our own star map, a path that is driven by our people and for our community. We're continuing that journey with new worlds in development, and we can't wait to share them with you. With SIE, the potential for our universes is unlimited. Our future games will take bold steps into unexplored spaces for Bungie, continue to push boundaries of what is possible, and will always be built on a foundation of creating meaningful, lifelong friendships and memories. We remain in charge of our destiny. We'll continue to independently publish and creatively develop our games, which is very big, right? We will continue to independently publish and creatively develop our games. We will continue to drive one unified Bungie community. Our games will continue to be where our community is, wherever they, sh they choose to play. With SIE support, the most immediate change you will see is an acceleration in hiring talent across the entire studio to support our ambitious vision. If this speaks to you and you want to you want to help us put a dent in the universe, we are hiring across all the di disciplines for Destiny 2 and for all new worlds beyond. Uh, Paris, if you're still here, does that do anything to your thinking of what this means for the future of Bungie? Yeah, it does. And and actually, this this opens it up to a bigger question just with PlayStation overall, where, you know, you and I have been joking on Twitter about Game Pass never, never coming to PlayStation. But mm -hmm. th this comes into the overall thing where the industry's changing. It's not about one platform anymore, right? And clearly, Microsoft is, is seeing that and they're doing it. In my opinion, this type of acquisition and the way Bungie is talking, PlayStation is starting to see that too. It's not about just putting a game on the PlayStation platform. It's about putting it where gamers are, right? Under the quote unquote PlayStation brand. And it seems like they're telling Bungie, all right, we're going to partner up with you. We, we purchase you. You're, you're now a, a, a studio under the PlayStation brand, but you still have the creative freedom that you had previously to do games the way that you you see fit. And going by that wording, even their new IPs is not going to, quote unquote, be console exclusive. They're going to continue to self-publish and put these games wherever they can. Right. So. Yeah. Again, I, I think the industry's shifting. I really do. I, I think if anything, as a gamer, yeah, it, it 
you know, we're seeing all these acquisitions and, and there, there's the good and there's the bad part of it. But I do think part of the good of this is we're starting to see these major publishers rethink the way, con- you know, console exclusives work where, sure, we're, we're going to have it on our hardware. And we're going to offer that to you, but we want to reach everyone. So that means we're going to expand just beyond our console platform. So in a way, nothing if you're a destiny player it sounds like nothing's changing for you right so what else does this mean for the future even beyond bungie we've already seen playstation start to experiment with the pc i i do think that escalates i I think we're starting to see an escalation throughout the rest of this generation um where we're gonna start seeing playstation games damn near everywhere and and it'll be real interesting when they announce spartacus and how that works too yeah, and we've been having this conversation a lot lately with PlayStation games coming to PC, where it is, what makes sense for PlayStation is the PlayStation strategy, right? Where the games are all about, hey, we want to sell the boxes, we want to sell consoles, we put out The Last of Us Part 2 to sell you on PlayStation 4s, we put out Returnal, we put out Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart to sell you on the PS5. What does that mean for multiplayer yeah. games? Where, you know, the thing I've been talking about personally uh, on shows lately is that with with Microsoft acquiring Activision and Bethesda, right? You start to lose out on certain types of games for PlayStation where, you know, historically, or traditionally I should say, when uh, when there are gaps in like, let's say single player, third person action games on PlayStation, PlayStation Studios fills in those gaps by putting out games like God of War, Last of Us, Ghost of Shima, Horizon, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now that Microsoft has Bethesda, which has a large bulk of first-person shooters along with big Western RPGs, and now Activision with Call of Duty, right? And, and as PlayStation, you no longer have that big hold on what the future of Call of Duty might be, or at least you don't have as big of a say anymore. The thing that I've been thinking about, and the thing that I've been talking about is, what do you do as PlayStation to fill in those gaps? You've made partnerships with Jade Raymond Studio, with Deviation Studio, and Deviation seems to be working on a, uh, I would assume is working on a, a first-person shooter because of what that studio is. You, you, you have the partnership with Firewalk Studio, which announced that they are working on a new uh, first-person shooter IP for PlayStation, but is that enough, right? How do you further that? Acquiring Bungie, I think, is a very big step, maybe the big step into making sure that you have some big name first person shooter that is on PlayStation that you can rely on to be there that isn't going to get scooped up by the competition. But that then brings in the question of, all right, how do we maintain player base? How do we as PlayStation who have essentially mastered putting out big AAA uh, uh, single player titles on our console, right, that people flock to? How do we do that for multiplayer games, right? How do we be that place that knows how to foster these, that, that knows how to make this work, right? You've had stumblings here and there with things like Destruction All-Stars, which I know isn't like a big title, but it is a multiplayer title for PlayStation, right? You, those are very few and far between for PlayStation first-party studios. How do we do that in a way that treats them that treats that right? And in this acquisition for Bungie, I do think going multi-platform and, and, and having Bungie operate as Bungie and giving them as much freedom and leeway as possible to operate the Bungie way is... A, is a big step in that. And Paris, I'm right there with you that the industry is changing, right? Like the thing I've been talking about, and, and this goes back goes back to our back and forth of like, is Game Pass ever going to come to PlayStation? Is it not going to come to PlayStation? Is the fact that like, I uh, ex- exclusives play a big part now, especially for uh, uh, PlayStation and uh, Switch. I think less so for for Xbox. Uh, but exclusive play exclusives play a big part, but I don't think that's the only part of the strategy anymore. You know, I think uh, uh, Game Pass existing on PC, Game Pass potentially maybe come to other consoles one day right i think could be evident of 
yeah, like as long as we have you as part of our platform, as part of our ecosystem, it does not matter uh, the fact that you're playing on another platform. As long as you're still in the Xbox ecosystem, I can see PlayStation have the same thing. Where hey, you you buy Destiny on PC, you buy Destiny on Xbox, the money still gets put in our pockets. Like yeah, yeah we're not selling Playstations uh, uh, based on purely the uh, uh, the game coming out exclusively on the box. But the fact of the matter is that like we own Bungie, and you see that PlayStation logo at the beginning, and we get the money because uh, uh, Destiny sells right. And you can even have those things where it is all right. New content comes to PlayStation first, right? Or uh, here's PlayStation exclusive skins. Here's PlayStation exclusive X Y Z that comes to our platform first to entice people uh, uh, to cross over. But yeah, like there's so many questions in terms of what this means. But I do think, and and, and to the point of it being a clapback, clapback or non-clapback, right? Cam, you make the good point of like something like this is in the in the works for a while. PlayStation did not call Bungie last week and go, yeah. hey, we're gonna buy you," right? That is not the yeah. case. This isn't a this isn't a direct um, reaction to Activision Blizzard. I do think it is a direct reaction to microsoft over the last couple of years making all these big acquisitions and playstation wanted to secure something of their own and i don't think this is the end right and we talk about yeah. is this a good or bad thing when you're talking about the the, the consolidation of the industry and third parties going away and all this stuff it's a thing that scares me it's a thing that i think in some aspects could be exciting when you're talking about bungie having that security and bungie ha having uh uh like having a fallback in case like their next big IP doesn't hit, well, at least they're under PlayStation. And so like, they're not just going to go away, right? They're going to continue to, to, to work and make stuff with uh, uh, that security behind them of being, being underneath the PlayStation. You know, I think stuff like that is cool. But on the other side, I'm like, oh man, okay, well, who's going to get next to uh, be bought up? Because that seems like is what's happening now. Yeah, because, you know, when uh, the Activision acquisition happened i heard a lot of people say like oh playstation should buy square enix playstation should buy capcom i'm just like no i don't want i don't want playstation to get either of those studios because i think they work better um you know independently mm -hmm. in that sense and you know bungie make bungie makes sense because bungie's main thing is destiny granted it's gonna like you know they do new ip uh or, or they do destiny and like they are working on a new ip but i think that in the grand scheme of like the kind of blueprint that Bungie seems to be shaping out for themselves they are kind of i don't want to say like they're going like the Fortnite route but they're trying to become more than just a game and more of a platform mm -hmm. and i want to and like i think that like one you know whether it be playstation or xbox buying them and deciding like and you know letting them do what they want isn't really going to harm things in the long run unlike being like all right all Final Fantasy games in the future and like all Dragon Quest, all Kingdom Hearts, you know, like all these uh, really beloved JRPGs of a, like, you know, in a very niche genre overall, limited to only one platform like that. That isn't good. Yeah. As you close out this news story, uh, Paris Lilly, you're still on the call. Do you have any final words about Sony buying Bungie? Of course, like we're going to continue to talk about this. I'm sure uh, news news for the next few days might still bring in details and, and the ramifications of this story, just like they did for the Microsoft uh, uh, acquisition of Activision Blizzard. But of course, we're also going to talk about it on PSLWXOXO. And so if you're looking for more conversation about that with me, Greg, and Janet, for sure tune into that episode. But Paris, as we close this out, any final words on Sony buying Bungie from the host or one of the hosts of Kind of Funny X-Cast and a big Destiny Bungie yeah, I mean, I I would just say to close it out. Obviously, huge shock to to have this drop the way that it did. But yeah. <laughs> when you look at where the industry is headed, and when you look at kind of like you're already saying the past couple of years with the way that studio acquisitions and 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 entire publishers have been acquired by some of these companies, I I think what we're seeing is PlayStation, even and and Microsoft 
are are trying to keep these studios away from the Tencents and the Amazons and the Facebooks and the Apples of the world. Because mm-hmm. and 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 to counter that, you got to start making these games available beyond just one platform. That that's where it's headed. So I think as we get more information, as we start to look at this more. I'm actually seeing good in this. I don't I don't think it's necessarily terrible for gamers. I think if anything, we're just going to have more options on where we where we can play our games. And that's that's not a bad thing. Paris, thank you so oh. much for coming through and Cam, go for it. Right, I you. wanted to say Phil Spencer has responded to the acquisition news saying congrats to the talented teams at Bungie. Great testament to your creativity and congrats to PlayStation Herman Holst on adding a talented team to your studios team. There you go. I was expecting you to be like, oh, yeah, Phil Spencer has responded by buying Konami. It's happened, everybody. <laughs> He's had, he said, fuck it. All right. You want war? It'll be war. Uh, again, like I said, we're going to continue to talk about this stuff. But for now, I want to let everybody out there know that you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, actually, actually. Oh, actually, we'll punt ads to the end of the next story. Let's get into the next story, Cam Hawkins, with story number two. Again, you're a big Kingdom Hearts fan, uh, which I assume means you're a fan of Numura. And so this is going to be exciting for you with story number two. Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 2 is planned for reveal this year. The producer has confirmed. I'm pulling from Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle. Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 2 is planned for reveal sometime this year, the game's producer said on a live stream on Monday. Speaking during an anniversary event held to celebrate Final Fantasy VII's 25th anniversary in Japan today, which happy 25th anniversary. I was going to start with that. I was going to like, you know, lead with like, oh yeah, happy anniversary Final Fantasy VII. But hey, Sony bought Bungie. Things change. Uh, Final Fantasy (laughs) VII's original director, Yoshinori Katase, said it was his intention to reveal the first details on its remake sequel during the anniversary year. Quote, we are hard at work uh, on Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, so please look forward to that. In addition, with regards to the long-awaited Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two, there will be more information this year. There will be more information this year if we can, uh, he said in a translation for VGC provided by Push Dustin. Asked if he was sure the sequel would be revealed this year, Katasa replied, quote, well, yeah, uh, we just started the 25th anniversary of Final Fantasy VII, so we want to celebrate it and get fans excited. So within the next 12 months, we want to share some information. Looking forward to, to more information, end quote. Can I get you excited? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake, Game of the Year 2020, if you ask me. Uh, uh, and it, you know, part two... Part two was something that I thought would come out in 2023. That like when I originally finished the game, I was like, okay, 2023 springtime. That that sounds about right. Um, knowing that Final Fantasy 16 still hasn't come out yet, though, I don't think it's gonna come out as soon as that. Now, I think it's in like with COVID as well, it's gonna get pushed back a bit. But um, I'm super excited. Like I, I loved Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, the Integrate UFI DLC was a great little. Um, addition that came out for ps5 uh consumers last year that uh just helped set up the next entry even more and we're kind of in this place now where we don't know if it's gonna play and play the same as uh the as part one right because midgar was a much more condensed environment and now we're in the open world and you know that's what happens in the original you you're basically like yeah open you world Midgar, ex- and yeah like the world's open to you you can kind of go wherever yeah, it's open world exploration and like, so is that what that game is going to turn into? Uh, there's so many questions regarding part two and also still just like, how many parts is this game going to be? I'm still betting on three, but 
you know it's uh, gotta be three right like if it's more than three how long yeah. is that release are we, wait- yeah. are we waiting for new final fantasy sevens in 2030 something because it is a five-parter yeah exactly and the thing is like when it comes to final fantasy and kingdom hearts games at least i feel i feel like in recent years they like the games to be a little shorter than like than your traditional jrpg but i feel like if this is going to be a three-parter part two is going to be long got it's got to be long because there's still mm-hmm. so much ground to cover um especially when you you have an idea of where if you've played the original final fantasy 7 of where part two is going to end without getting into spoilers that's a lot of ground to cover and i so i think that um there's a lot of questions still and i hope that we just kind of get even a small you know a small crumb of information as to uh, what it's going to be because there's you know it's really heavily anticipated like you know, people were kind of like, oh, are they really going to nail this Final Fantasy VII remake? And they did, in my like, in my opinion. They just blew it out of the water. Mm-hmm. So now there's, like, pretty high expectations going into this next one. Uh, by the way, Kevin, people in chat said that you're muted. I don't know if you saw that. but Yeah, I think I've resolved that. Yeah, there we go. So right, did they not hear the beeps? I don't know if they didn't hear the beeps. That's actually a good question. I mean, they didn't hear you tell me that. A baker's dozen! They can't say that it didn't happen. Yeah, oh, they didn't. Wow. They didn't. But it wow. did happen that so. episode. So if whoever tracks that, it did happen eventually. It did happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For Kenny Blue out there, <laughs> you know, don't Yeah, don't don't mess that up. Um, yeah, like this is. I'm I'm curious as to how they reveal it. I think that's my thing. Is I look at this and I'm like, cool. No E3 this year, seemingly, right? I mean, there might be an online E3, but at the very least, no physical E3, and there might not be E3, period. Uh, so are we doing this through a stream? Is this going to be a Summer Games Fest thing? Like, when when are you planning to reveal it? I got all those questions. But then also, uh, like you talk about, what's it going to be? You know, is Final Fantasy VII Remake going to legitimately, or the sequel to Final Fantasy VII Remake, is that legitimately going to be, um, like, the second... Like, or like 20 hours of Final Fantasy 7 because the Final Fantasy 7 remake part one was what the first seven hours of the game yeah like like four or five hours depending on like yeah four to six Dep- hours depending on like how depending on how long it takes you yeah and, then like, and that's like what the first fifth sixth so like <laughs> yeah, something, something very, like that it's very early yeah yeah and so it's like dude like what is what is the game gonna be like what is the structure gonna be I I imagine that because of the nature of Final Fantasy 7 remake it's gonna be a bit different you know just because the, the they've taken some liberties in terms of how they're portraying that story is that gonna mm-hmm. have a big impact on the structure of the game i think there's that too as well um, yeah but I'm i think very, we're very curious to see i still think we're gonna see a lot of the key locations obviously um in part two and i think that uh, i forgot what the mechanic is called but basically the kind of team up attack that they showed yuffie and sonin do in uh intergrade i i think that that was kind of like a tease on like how the combat is going to evolve in part two and make it even more badass. Um, uh, yeah, so it, it really is one of those things where I don't think that they're going to go too hardcore on it uh, when they give us information because they don't want Final Fantasy VII to be overshadowing sixteen, right? Like they don't like sixteen is still new and like for people, especially like Final Fantasy fourteen fans who love Yoshi P, like and just general Final Fantasy fans they're going to love 16 and get a day one no matter what. But like on the grand scheme of things, like for people that aren't as familiar with Final Fantasy 7, but you know that that this might have been their first Final Fantasy game and now they're waiting just waiting for part 2. Uh you know, I don't think Square Enix wants to uh mi- like put too much information out where they're like, "Oh, who cares about 16? I just want to get play- uh, part 2 when yeah. it comes out." 
That makes, a lot, that makes a lot of sense. I want to pull in a question real quick from Nathan Shilkett, who wrote it at patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can. It says, happy quarter century anniversary Final Fantasy VII. I know that the internet makes it more visible now when people are unhappy about a lack of announcements on a milestone birthday celebration. But do you guys think that as classic games and franchises continue to get older, we'll keep getting content drops during anniversary years that matter? Or should we start looking at anniversary years more along the lines of our own birthdays, where we maybe just look at them as another regular day slash year in an ongoing life cycle and don't expect something crazy all the time came for you how do you look at video game anniversaries do you tend to expect something big for like the 25th and 30th anniversaries those, those milestone yeah. ones or do you just at this point are you just like oh, it's, it's a day it's another year no yeah when it comes to like um especially when it gets older on like into the 20s and 30s i definitely think that those are the the times where uh these these franchises do get celebrated a lot um, you know, Kingdom Hearts is 20th is this year. I believe Personas is also 20th is also this year, uh, or maybe 25th. Um, I, I don't remember exactly. And like, you know, you, ex I, for me, I expect like some, even if it's like merch, you know, something that's mm -hmm. like new and exclusive and limited edition to celebrate that franchise. Like why, why don't, why wouldn't you do that? Like, you know, it's just like, oh, this franchise that we've been working on for so long, it's getting this like, you know, milestone anniversary let's let's celebrate it in some way um you know like with sonic last year they had you know we got the you got the uh the shadow i got the knuckles uh yeah, the chains, and, yeah. you know those were really cool and like not expected and i was like but we but rad so that's how i uh look at anniversaries um especially for there, there are certain franchises like per, going back to persona where like i don't expect like persona 6 you know, I don't expect a Persona 6 announcement, but, like, I did expect, you know, some remasters. You know, we're getting Persona 4 uh, Arena Ultimax, which is awesome. Uh, there are rumors that we're getting Persona 4 Golden on Switch, finally, and other ah, platforms. Please, that please. would be, oh, that'd be so amazing. Um, you know, and it would be great if they did things with the older Persona games, too, because I feel like um, those kind of get left out. And I know that the first three Persona games uh, are a little... Uh, you know, they're not the same Persona games that we know now, but, like, Persona 3 Portable, like, you know, where's that? Like, let's get a, another modern port. Like, you know, we haven't gotten a port of that game, a proper port since the PSP. It's been a while. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I love anniversaries. Um, it makes me, like, like to look forward to uh, things, whether it be a new game announcement or just merch. I, again, I, I, as you can see, I like to buy video game merch. Um, and uh, so... Yeah, anniversaries are fun, and I, I can't wait to see, like, what... There's a lot of big anniversaries this year, and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what they have in store. Yeah, for me, it definitely depends on, like, what the franchise is, and, like, yeah. I don't expect every single game to celebrate an anniversary, because not every single game is Sonic or Zelda or Pac-Man or something that is this classic thing that we all have this strong connection to, but... Uh, and also, like, different companies treat them differently, right? Like, I've come to expect not much from Nintendo uh yeah and that's kind of that's kind of yeah. just the, where i've had to be right where it is you might get a thing here or there you might get a piece of merch you might get like a cool uh like a, a cool thing but you're not gonna get a big a big megaton announcement you're not gonna get don't expect for zelda's 25th anniversary to get a brand new zelda game or anything like that right and i think to some extent some of that stuff might be unreasonable um but i do love that you mentioned the sonic anniversary right we got the sonic bling we also got the sonic concert which was oh off the chain. so amazing. amazing incredible we got a new sonic game announcement right like we got so much out of that and i think it has to it it, it kind of changes based on what the ip is and who owns the ip but i do love a good celebration of of, of an anniversary if things line up if you're able to do it that way because i do think it is very special for the fans like i know for sonic that was very special for me to experience that 
Yeah, and like with Sora, like uh, going into Smash, that felt like oh, this is the, like they even even with Square Enix, they they that was their start of the twentieth anniversary of Kingdom Hearts. Like that's when they like changed everything. It's like up oh, the twentieth anniversary is here. Like Sora's finally in Smash, and uh, man, what a moment that was. Okay, if I already do it on the ad, am I able to throw it out? Yeah, I'm sorry. It's all set up. Yeah, I've had it set up for a while. You're good. Hell yeah. Well, then let me tell people that you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. If you've been listening to any kind of funny podcast, you know that we absolutely love using DoorDash. It's so great. It's so simple to just be able to order whatever food we want and then have it delivered right to our house. Along with the restaurants you love, you can now get groceries and other essential items delivered with DoorDash. You can get some drinks, snacks, and other household items in under an hour. Uh, with over 300,000 partners, you can support your neighborhood go-tos. We always talk about Volcano Curry in San Francisco, of course. Uh, ordering is easy, and your items will be left outside your door when you choose contactless delivery drop off whether it is the local favorites or the nationwide chains like things like popeyes cheesecake factory all of that for a limited time y'all can get 25 percent off and zero delivery fees on your first order of 15 dollars or more when you download the doordash app and enter code kinda funny that's 25 percent off up to a 10 dollar value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the doordash app in the app store and enter code kinda funny don't forget that's code kinda funny for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. Story number three, Star Wars Eclipse is reportedly inspired by The Last of Us. This is from Jordan Midler at Video Games Chronicle. Quantic Dream Star Wars Eclipse is reportedly inspired by The Last of Us with a mix of story and gameplay. That's according to a Twitter user who tweeted a screenshot of the reveal trailer for Star Wars Eclipse one week before it was publicly shown. Twitter user at ACCNGT claimed this weekend that the Star Wars game will be an open world adventure that also features multiplayer, which is being worked on separately by Quantic Dream's Montreal team. The Quantic Dream Paris team is said to be working on cinematics, story, level art, and the game's engine. The user also claimed that the development on the project started in early 2021 and that not all of Quantic Dream's Paris development team is working on it. Eclipse appears to still be extremely early as it is claimed that the story is still being written and that the Montreal team is still working on gameplay prototypes, drawing inspiration from Naughty Dog's The Last of Us. In December, it was confirmed that Eclipse is set in the High Republic era. Uh, The game was announced during the Game Awards. Cam, is Star Wars Eclipse one that interests you at all? I mean, I'll play. I'll play any Star Wars game. Like, I'm one of those people. I like Star Wars. I don't love Star Wars. There are definitely some time, some moments where I've walked out like of a Star Wars movie or experienced someone Star Wars related. Um, like when I went on Rise of the Resistance, I was like, I-, I love Star Wars. That was incredible. Like in general, like I like Star Wars, and I think that um, it, it 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 is a name enough where I'm just like, if there's a new Star Wars game coming out, I'll play it. You know, it's just one of those type of IPs. Um, I'm actually super looking forward to the Lego skywalker saga that looks amazing um but this is like this is interesting because like with with it being quantic dream you know i haven't really played any of their games before heavy heavy rain so like i didn't play like indigo prophecy i have but i haven't played it yet or anything like that let me tell you indigo prophecy that is a video game (laughs) yeah it's It's an experience it's one of those things like i don't really know like if they're notor they they always kind of do the same kind of game where it's you know, area-based interact. Yes. It is all like cinematic, choose your own yeah. adventure style. Oh. Like, t- think Telltale, but with like more tech and more, more budget. More budget, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, for me, it's it's one of those things. Like, we'll see because you're doing something. You're seemingly doing something that's very different. You know, and that 
can either be a good thing that could turn out well, or that could turn out poorly. So it really is one of those things where I'll, you know, I'll play something that's Star Wars related. You know, I, I enjoy a good Star Wars uh, story. I couldn't play Jedi Fallen Order though, because of spiders, that makes me sad. But, um, but yeah, it, it's one of those things we have to see more of this game. And yeah. once we see more of this game, I'll be able to have a better, you know, concise opinion on it. Yeah, like I think the reveal for it looked cool. Yeah, you know, seeing the seeing awesome. the Quantic Dream logo, I think was a really like what the fuck? What is, yeah. Why is Quantic yeah. Dream working? <laughs> like that's the thing that kind of throws you off. It's like seeing it's like seeing like a like a trailer for Doom, and then at the end, it's like pub, uh, developed by Nintendo, and it's like wait a second, <laughs> this yeah. isn't you. This isn't your kind of game. Yeah, we, we were we were both at uh at the Game Awards when yeah. the trailer premiered, and we were like you could tell that the room was vibing with that trailer, and then Quantic Dream came up, and we we're all just kind of like huh what yeah <laughs> so which, like and, and i'm somebody who i think i like quantic dream more than most people you know like you do yeah i, yeah, I, I like, do like quantic dream i i think i think they have talent at their studio like i'm not necessarily a fan of david cage by any means like oh, no. I, I think stuff with him seems weird but yeah, this yeah. the studio as like a studio talent i think they have the stuff right and i think yeah. like they make games that look amazing that mm -hmm. uh function really well that i always loved the different choices you make and things like Quanta and um detroit become human and even in heavy rain i liked uh a lot of how those choices play out in the in the ui and our style like a lot of stuff sits with me pretty well because i like those kind of games as well and not many people makes the make those types of specific specific kinds of games uh so to see them working on star wars i have i'm like i'm what is it not ca not cautiously optimistic uh morbidly curious right i have a morbid sure. curiosity of sure all right, how are they going to pivot to making this type of game? Not only is it licensed, but you're saying that it's inspired by The Last of Us, which, or yeah. they don't say it, but like this leak is saying that it's inspired by The Last of Us. And reading that reminds me of reading the uh, report a while ago that said that uh, Sonic Frontiers is inspired by Breath of the Wild, where I read yeah. it and I'm like, does that line up? Like, what do you really mean when nah, you say that? No. Because I don't think you're going to yeah. make a Sonic Breath of the Wild game. When I read that you're inspired by The Last of Us, really what I just read is that you're making a a, a narrative third-person action game. In the way that, like, in the way that pretty much every Sony or, like, a lot of Sony exclusives after The Last of Us had that Last of Us kind of style to it, where it was, like, God of War and uh, even, like, something like Horizon or Ghost, right? Even though those are open-world mm -hmm. different kinds of games, right? You still have that level of, like, we're telling a story here and we're having you're you're mm -hmm. getting an experience through this maybe it's something like that right and i i'd be interested to see how and if quantic dream pulls that off um but yeah it's just what i have a lot of questions about i think it'll look great right i think it'll probably like uh budget and tech wise i imagine the presentation is gonna be great because it's quantic dream but yeah are you gonna pull off gameplay i think that is the biggest question absolutely agree with you now, speaking of Quantic Dream, uh, story number four, Quantic Dream's PS4 tech demo is reportedly coming to PS5 as Dreamland. This is, again, Jordan Midler at Video Games Chronicle. And it's funny that we get this new story today because I think exactly a week ago when me and Tim were on the show, we were talking about the tech demo for Kara. For the PS3, right? Yeah, which is like, oh, yeah, PS4. the PS, yeah. PS4, either PS4 or PS3. I think it was the PS3 yeah. for Kara. Okay. Uh, okay. Tech demo that turned into, um, uh, whatchamacallit, it should become human. Right, the tech demo. If y'all, if y'all remember from the PS4 reveal, uh, the like the wizard thing that turned from like a serious thing to a, uh, to like a comedy thing. Kevin, I have a link in the document if you want to pull it up as I read through. You know, I think we're all aware of that. I mean, you already pull it up. That's why you're the MVP. Uh, we're all aware of this tech demo. This is one that I never thought would turn into like a game, but according to Jordan Midler, it's happening. Uh, the article reads like this. An insider who has proven to have knowledge of the development plans of French developer Quantic Dream has revealed new details about its next title. 
Twitter user, once again, at ACCNGT, who has recently re released internal Quantic Dream materials early, such as tweeting a screenshot from Star Wars Eclipse before it was announced, posted an update on the game to their Twitter account. Said to be based on the PS4 tech demo, The Dark Sorcerer, the game, which is understood to be codenamed Dreamland, is said to be based on interactive storytelling and is being written by David Cage. The game is also said to be cross-gen. However, a at ACCNGT speculates that this could, be, th this could change. The Dark Sorcerer tech demo uh, was first revealed at E3 2013, months before the release of the PS4. In the 12-minute clip, a wizard is seen casting dark magic before it is revealed uh, that the whole thing is taking place on a film set, and the demo devolves into a comedic sketch. Cam, what, what is your take on this one? I am like... I'm interested in this, because it's, it's just one of those things where it, it, it kind of has this whole dark you know this dark tone and it's just like oh you're just on a film sketch and you're an actor and it's just like i don't know i feel like it's a um it might be a less you know you know like most most of the uh quantic dream games that we've gotten since heavy rain have had like this dark tone to it like this yeah like this serious like almost, dramatic yeah serious yeah dramatic and this seems like more more fun and relaxed and and just different and and that's like something that i'm i'm always curious about trying is something different something something new and this seems to be that this actually like i really want to play this game like when i'm uh seeing when i'm seeing this so uh if if that does if this ends up being a game I, i'm curious if it's going to be like a fully priced game um i know that like mm -hmm. detroit became human was but um from my experience like i don't know how many teams are normally at quantic dream but with them knowing that they're working on eclipse too i'm like maybe they're Maybe, Maybe this, this is, is smaller. A, a smaller experience. Um, and also, like, just kind of with the concept of what the game is, of what we're seeing, it kind of makes sense if it would be a smaller experience. Like, I don't know how, how far this kind of concept could go, but um, I'm super into it. I, I'd be super down to try it out. Yeah, I... I want to see more. It's interesting, right? Because yeah, after Kara, they make Detroit become human, and I think that worked out for them, right? Like, yeah, uh, enough people liked that game. Uh, at least yeah. enough people liked that game for a Quantic Dream game, which is those games are usually like split in terms of how people feel about them. This one being, yeah, shift in terms of we're going from making three dr like dramatic, auteur, uh, uh, directed like serious games a story that we want to be art right like let's going from that to making a comedy about um like about fantasy right and about this guy who's making like a uh, like a fantasy movie or story or whatever like i think there's i think there's stuff you could do with that i'm curious to see what that is i think for this type of game with this type of budget you usually don't get a comedy specifically and who knows if they, if they even stick with the comedy right i feel like this is me yeah. going the assumption that like they keep the vibes that are in that trailer maybe they do sure. go all in on the fantasy aspect of it which for that i don't know if i'd be as into that but if they do go in on com comedy i'm curious at the very least written by david cage makes me go all right i don't know if i'm gonna vibe with this comedy yeah, but yeah. i don't know man I'm, I'm curious to see what it actually turns out to be next news story it's another big one story number five this is a by the way, this is a news day of like all big news stories uh yeah. which is why at 10 a.m when sony bought bungie or announced the, the, that they were buying bungie i was like fuck man this is gonna be a show <laughs> we gotta and change everything you, yeah we gotta change everything i had to throw out like uh, four different news stories that were like smaller news stories that you probably didn't care about anyway but yeah dude that changed everything uh story number five MLB The Show will once again be coming to Game Pass. I am reading from news.xbox.com. 
Today, we are thrilled to announce that MLB The Show 22 launches on April 5th, 2022. We're also also delighted to announce that MLB The Show 22 will be available for Xbox Game Pass on day one and will be available on April 5th for Xbox Series X slash S, Xbox One, and Cloud Gaming. Both MLB The Show 22, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X standard editions will be included with Xbox Game Pass, so members will be able to play the best version of the game regardless of which console they are on. And with cross-platform play and progress, you can play against others online and earn and use content across the platform and generation you choose. Also, Nintendo fans can uh, can now join in with Xbox and PlayStation fans to play against each other online with cross-platform play and MLB The Show 22. In addition, cross-progression allows you to earn and use any content on any platform or generation. This excludes PS5 and Xbox Series X exclusive content. With cross-saves, you can transfer a save file uh, for Road to the Show or Franchise. And I love this write-up being fully from news.xbox.com and then mentioning also that, oh yeah, uh, that'll be the Show 22. It's coming to Nintendo Switch as well. Like that feels like such a, hey, by the way, as Xbox, we're telling you, this PlayStation game, not only is it coming to us, it's coming to the other guys, too. So, like, <laughs> and it's coming yeah. to cross-play and cross-regression. So, like, hey, you know, come get, come get this game on Xbox Game Pass. Uh, but, yeah, Cam, what's your, what's your reaction to this? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, <laughs> like MLB uh, 21 went to Game Pass, and mm-hmm. it did super, super well. So, MLB probably was just like, Put that on Switch now. Put that on the super, uh, you know, successful Nintendo console. Yeah. And I think that, um, and then we're going to bring it back to Game Pass again. It's probably going to stay there for the foreseeable future unless PlayStation just decides, no, we're not making this game anymore, period. And, like, they're not going to do that. So, um, yeah, it's one of those things where this this is the result of the success that MLB 21 shown on Game Pass. It's coming back. It's coming to Switch, so it can sell more. I wouldn't play it on Switch. I wouldn't recommend getting that on Switch. I, I'm mm. sure that's not going to run well on Switch. Um, I'm still curious to see, yeah, how it runs on Switch. But, uh, but like with cross with cross save, that makes the argument, right? If that, I can go from true. playing on my Switch to then like coming back home and then booting it up on my Xbox Series X on my TV via Game Pass, that's that's actually really cool. Like if, I wouldn't mind actually doing that. If you if you fuck with baseball that heavily, then Sure, go for that. You know what I mean, but yeah, uh, and you still pay for one copy of the game if you're just getting it on Switch, and then you have an Xbox at home. Yeah, technically. Or if you want to go from yeah. Switch to PlayStation, you, you you can buy the two copies. But that is an option, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. But I feel like, um, yeah, and I feel like for the for the PlayStation people, like I know plenty of people uh, that will still get this game on PlayStation. Like you know, it's nice, it's great that's going on Game Pass. But I know that the people are like, oh, I'm still gonna get it on PlayStation. That's where I like to play this game, and that's great. It's just having more options is always great. Um, I'm just very curious about that Switch edition. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, it goes back to what Paris said, I think, as well, is that the industry is changing. Like, the way we do yeah. things is changing, right? Like, play, and of course, this is an MLB decision, not necessarily a PlayStation Studios decision. I'm sure PlayStation is like, well, we want to keep making these MLB games because they make money. Yeah. But even so, they uh, MLB still re-upped the, this game being put on Xbox Game Pass, which is an indicator that, like, hey, it works. Not only is, like, not only is putting the game on Xbox Game Pass, but getting the game in more people's hands, it is making us the money that we want because people still buy games despite them being on Game Pass. If anything, like, through microtransactions and all and the, the stuff that you can buy within the game itself, you are making money. Like, you are making money by doing that. And so, 
things are changing expect more games kind of game pass right like uh, like greg miller said earlier this month you know it's some of the this month going into next month might be like some of the best game pass drops that we've seen thus far and mm -hmm. it seems like it's only getting bigger and better you know we're coming off of gta san andrea is coming to game pass a couple months ago and we're getting we're coming off of uh even forza and halo infinite right like it is non-stop over at game pass and so yeah very curious to see how how that stuff evolves and yeah i'm very it's it, it's it's fun to see it'll be the show 22 coming to to game pass again and now you can only assume that this is now a thing right going forward oh yeah the show 23 might also come to game pass because like you said if it's not broke don't fix it to wrap up the Roper report we have one more news story for you story number six it takes two is getting adapted to film and tv this is joe otterson at variety Hayes Light Studios has teamed up with DJ2 Entertainment to adapt the video game It Takes Two for film and television, Variety has learned exclusively. The game follows the, the adventures of Cody and May, two humans transformed by magic into living dolls. Trapped in a fantastical world, uh, they must overcome their fractured relationship and a variety of challenges in order to return to normal. During their journey, they are guided by the love guru, Dr. Hakeem. Quote, creating the world and story in It Takes Two was so much fun for me and the team, said Hazelight founder and creative director Joseph Ferris. Quote, since it is a strong narrative with many crazy characters and just as crazy co-op action moments, the potential is huge for a great adaptation for film and television, end quote. Quote, DJ2 is honored to partner with Joseph, Oscar, and the incredible team at Hazelight Studios on the linear me media adaptation of It Takes Two, said DJ2 CEO and founder Dimitri M. Johnson. Quote, just like the rest of the gaming world, we fell head over heels uh, in love with Cody, May, Rose, Dr. Akeem, and the imaginative fantasy universe Hazelight has created, and can't wait to bring these characters and this world to life on the big and small screen, end quote. At the time of, of this publishing, no studio or network is attached to the project, but sources say it is currently the subject of a multi-party bidding, bidding war. Pat Casey and Josh Miller, the writers behind Sonic the Hedgehog and its upcoming sequel, are attached to adapt It Takes Two for the screen. Cam, is this one, does this one speak to you at all? Are you a fan of It Takes Two? Do you like it coming to the screen? So um, this is an interesting uh, thing for me to talk about because when, I, when The Last of Us show was announced, I was kind of against the idea simply because I was like, this is this is a the kind of IP that I think that um us as gamers can be like show show our like parents or show our like grandparents and just be like, hey, this is what gaming is now. This is like this is what gaming can be. Mm. You know, and like try and show them like that it not everything needs to be television, you know, not everything has to be a movie. Mm -hmm. Um and but now when I'm like, now when I hear this, it takes two stuff for me personally, I'm glad this is kind of happening because I couldn't play. It takes two because there are giant spiders in it and I have arachnophobia. Mm. So I couldn't, I couldn't play it. It takes two. So now that we're getting this and like this, uh, assumably animation, uh, version of the, uh, as, as a TV show or a film or whatever it may be like, that's cool. Cause now, now I can experience it. You know what you, I mean? I mean, are you fine with watching if it has spiders in it? Um, I know that it's. I know that sure it's that, easier than playing for sure. Sure, yeah, but it's also a very small part of part of the game, if I remember correctly, mm -hmm. as well. So I'm sure it's not that big of a deal. Um, but yeah, so so for me, it's just like, oh, like you know, maybe maybe I misspoke when it came to the Last of Us stuff, but like I still think that this is really cool. Um, they should kind of uh, make some changes about that book, though. 
uh, from yeah. what I've seen, because <laughs> like there's multiple problems with that. Um, but also, I'm looking at what DJ2 Entertainment is like working on, and they're working on a lot of video game stuff. They're working on a Tomb Raider animated show with Haley Atwell, who's like mm -hmm. Agent Carter. Um, Sleeping Dogs with Donnie Yen. Um, Wait, uh, really? Yeah, yeah. That. That's fucking awesome. That's what, this is according to the IMDb page, so take that for what you will. Mm -hmm. um, a Life is Strange show. Um, uh, an Indivisible animated show, which if you haven't played Indivisible, yeah. that's a very good game that a lot of people didn't play in 2019. Highly recommend. It's on. I'm, I might be on Game Pass. But yeah, check out Indivisible. Anyway, so yeah, it's just like this, th this company seems to be doing a bunch of video game related things. And, you know, uh, hearing that the writers of the Sonic movie are attached to this, I'm like, that's fine to me. Like, I enjoy, you know, oh, granted, like, we, we, we're we Sonic guys. We love Sonic. Yeah, like, you know, um, was it a like a great movie? No. Was it a good hey, movie? Hey, I would say yes. It was a I good movie. Yes. It, was it was a good, good movie. Kevin Coelho would yeah. tell you that that movie was terrible. No, it was, that movie, it was a solid no. good. Yeah, it was a solid good. It was a solid good. It's um, like a six out of ten, I'm, right? Yeah, six, seven out of ten. Yeah, oh, like a seven, that. seven out of yeah. ten. That's being generous. Yeah, no, it's, no, it's yeah, good. It's yeah. funny. Yeah, you don't, yeah, take, you don't take Sonic the Hedgehog seriously. You don't take that movie seriously. You don't go to that to the movie theater being like, I'm, I'm here to watch art, right? I'm gonna watch yeah. fucking like I just, I just, I just came out of watching The Dark Knight. And I'm picture. ready for more Christopher <laughs> Nolan Best Picture category winning art. No, you're watching the Sonic the Hedgehog for that, for that guy eating a chili dog, right? And like turning Super Saiyan or whatever he does. Fuck, I love Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Sonic. No, Sonic rocks. Anyone who says otherwise, uh, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, so it's one of those things like this company seems to have a plan and know what they're doing. And I think that it takes two, like you can look at it takes two and be like, I get why they chose it, this this IP to do this show or to do this movie because it is kid friendly. It's kid friendly uh, in some in most regards <laughs> at face value. <laughs> um, yeah. I've heard some things about that game where I'm like, oh, you know, um, but. You know, it'll it, it'll do its job, is what I'm saying. For for like a entertainment standpoint, it'll do its job. It'll uh, families will go see it. Some of them will probably be devastated at certain points and uh, have a you know, and then it'll be a, it'll be a good time, you know. Yeah, I, I'm I with video games being adapted to film and TV. I am often uh, trepidatious in terms of does this really need to be a thing, right? Do video games. Sure often translate to movies like is it worth doing when when in many video games you have the time and space to tell a story that already has acting that already has cinematics that probably has 20 hours to do its thing is it worth adapting something like that to deep to tv or, or movies right especially something it like it takes two which is you know like it is already basically an animated adventure right like it sure. is it is that already with gameplay spliced in between and i think the special mm. thing about it takes two I wouldn't say necessarily what's the story. The story was fine. The story was good. I didn't really like the ending of of uh, it takes two and how that game ended up. Um, but like, I think the characters were fine for the most part. I think the main characters were kind of like unlikable. And yeah, Doctor Hakim I thought was weird at points. But the 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 game had the humor it needed. It had the dialogue it needed. It had the yeah. things they needed to make it work. And for me, what made it takes two special was the gameplay. It was those co-op moments. It was playing with my friend and going, "Oh man, this is ridiculous. Oh man, I can't believe we're doing that to the elephant. Oh man, I can't believe X Y Z thing." Right. And I think that's where the joy from that game comes comes from. And yeah. having them adapt it to a film or TV, I don't automatically get excited for it. I'm not mad at it. I think you know, I think there's something they could do with that, but it's not something I look at and go, "Oh, I really want to see this." Because I feel like oh, I already got sure. that experience out of playing playing the game. Um, yeah. 
that said, like, I'm happy for Hayes Light Studios. I think that's a really good deal for them. The fact that one of their games is getting adapted in this way. I think that speaks, um, especially coming off of Game of the Year at the Game Awards. The, that studio is skyrocketing in terms of yeah. the the acclaim that they're getting, the notoriety that they're getting, right? Like, the the like the like quality that they're putting out as well. Like, I can't wait to see what they do next because mm-hmm. they're only showing that they're becoming bigger and better with each game that they put out. And so I think that's a big congrats to, the, to them. But for my personal taste, I look at the uh, at a TV or um, or a television show or a movie and I go, all right, like maybe maybe once I see the first trailer, maybe they'll nail it and I'll be like, no, okay, and you know what they did? They did the thing. You know, maybe they cast Daisy Ridley <laughs> as as um, uh, one of the leads. <laughs> Daisy Ridley and James McAvoy. <laughs> yeah. to fuck the book. Warm the book. book. <laughs> yeah, and they make it happen that way. Honestly, I would watch the hell out of that movie. That is the thing. Yeah. I will say that is the thing. If they cast banger leads, I'm fucking all yeah. in. Yeah. I'm all in. Like I'll, I'll take it all back because that's all I need. But uh, if it is like you know, here's here's like here's basically what you got in the in the game. But as a TV or as as a TV mm-hmm. show or movie, I'm not really that as much interested in it. Like I feel like it's not as needed. Pat Casey and Josh Miller, you know, riding on it uh, from Sonic the Hedgehog. It's cool. Again, like like we mentioned, right? Sonic the Hedgehog, it's a fun movie, good movie. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I don't think it's I don't I don't know if it's exceptional by any means. No. <laughs> and like no. you know, I don't necessarily need it. It takes two things to be exceptional, but you know, hey, we'll wait and see how yeah. it works out. Cam, very excited to see what this it takes two movie ends up being. But the announcement of it, the reveal trailer of it, it's probably just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Drop Shops today, where would I look? The official lists of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. Chat right now is filled with people saying Chris Pratt as Dr. Hakeem. Oh, God. It's hard to keep up. It's Scarlett Johansson as Chris Pratt as Dr. Hakeem. I'm going to need a chat to time yourself out. Everybody who said Chris Pratt as Dr. Hakeem, I need you all to individually time yourself out. Because God forbid, I can't, I can't take it anymore. Uh, out today, we got Treasure Hunter Man 2 for Switch. And that's it. Uh, we do have some new dates for you. A special Gran Turismo 7 edition of State of Play arrives this Wednesday, February 2nd. So get hyped for that, Gran Turismo 7 fans. Uh, and then Charming Farming Sim Clousy floats on the Xbox PC uh, on February 24th. And then Fluids and Sounds has delayed its release on Steam. It is now coming out February 3rd. Deal of the day for you. PlayStation Now games for February have been announced. In February, you're getting Grand Theft Auto Vice City, the Definitive Edition, Little Big Workshop, Through the, the Darkest of Times, and Death Squared. Uh, of course, you can go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong, so uh, so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames and on podcast services around the globe. Uh, kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong is filled with stuff. Uh, Crown Princess Kevin was muted in the chat, was demanding it's Baker's Dozen or we riot, which you got the beeps. Uh, Kevin, did you do the Baker's Dozen? I did. I did. Thank you for okay. noticing, Bless. Listen, a lot happened today, Kevin. I was trying Thank to keep Thank you up. for <laughs> noticing, Bless. Juggernaut news dropped, and I was trying to understand it as I was reading it and deliver opinions and all that stuff at the same time. It's not easy. All you right? killed it's it. Not e- you killed it's it. not easy hosting KSG, you know, guys. You killed it. You know, don't let that. Don't oh. let the haters hate. You know, you killed it. Thank you. You killed it too. You killed it too. And Appreciate also, Paris it. killed it. Shout out to Paris. Yeah. Do you know who didn't kill it? Greg I think I, I. I think I did a fine fucking job. Is what I'm saying. Oh, you're right. You're right. Oh, Kevin, you kill it. You kill it too. You know what, Kevin? Here's a star. We're giving you a star for today, all right? You get a star. <laughs> you, get a good, right. you, get a, you get a good noodle star, you know? Uh, man, you guys are... 
SpongeBob fans anywhere? Okay. Oh um, no, I, I got you on the noodles. Okay, side. okay, okay. No, okay, I'm just okay. reading. Uh, you're wrong at the same time, and it's like a lot of it's a lot of additional context that we eventually got to. So I'm like scrolling through to make sure we didn't get anything factually wrong. Um, yeah, a lot of people were writing in about the multiple platforms, entertainment mediums thing, uh, which we covered, and we'll of course cover more as we go. There was also, I guess this could have been a new story, but again, this kind of all flows into the same thing. We'll talk about it tomorrow. I'll give, I'll give it to Greg and Gary. Jim Ryan, or no, we're talking about PS Love You because fucking that's later today. Uh, Jim Ryan announced that we should expect more acquisitions. Uh, he tweeted that on Twitter this morning. That's per Chris Dring. Um, and that's that is like that is scary because there's not many like there's not many big yeah. third party studios left and like, like konami i'm like okay that's fine do do what you want with konami but like i really don't want him to like like not him but playstation yeah. sony yeah. to so, like, to touch square three, or like, capcom and like, I don't, like konami, here's the thing konami i want to be bought by playstation so bad as much as i hate like corporate consolidation and like you know everything becoming two or two corporations and games because everybody bought everything right as much as i don't want that to happen konami ain't doing shit with metal gear solid and it sickens me <laughs> it sickens me cam make yeah. another metal gear somebody yeah and another thing with like square like like maybe it's just me as someone who's a big square fan like i know that square's only worth like five point whatever billion dollars but i feel like that stude like the heads there know that they're worth more than that like like that 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 they have like so many iconic gaming ip that like mm -hmm. even though they're worth that much if they were to sell they would ask for way more money than five but like you know what i mean like a sick like for sure a lot more money and even then i don't even know if they would sell like i i really don't think square would sell cam Thanks once again for joining me on this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. Uh, of course, it's Monday, so I should tell you about this week's host. This week's host for Kind of Funny Games Daily go like this. On Tuesday, you're getting Greg and Gary Widow. Wednesday, you're getting me and Andy. Thursday, you're getting Greg and Tim. And on Friday, it's a very special uh, guest appearance. You're getting oh. Greg and then Gabe Patillo from Married to the Games, which I'm excited to see come back oh. for another episode. Uh, if you're watching this live on Twitch, after this is Mike and Nick doing a Kind of Funny morning show. If you want to catch that stream later, you can, of course, subscribe to YouTube.com slash Kind of funny plays cam before i wrap up here again people should go check out unlocking kingdom hearts right episode yes. zero is up now i saw that yes. you're doing a twitter spaces yes short like right after this so if you uh follow me on twitter at cam final mix uh we're uh me and kevin diaz who is another panelist on uh, he's the newbie he's the one who's gonna be playing it for the first time with us um on the podcast we're gonna be like answering some questions if y'all have any questions for us uh for like 30 minutes 30 minutes to an hour max um and uh yeah i just want to say like uh again like follow me on twitter at camp final mix that's where i post everything um i do have a twitch channel uh twitch.tv slash camp final mix i don't stream as much as i like i would like to because I'm, I'm i'm working a lot um and uh i just want to say like if you're a person that like had any sort of interest in playing kingdom hearts i don't care what age how old you are whatever it may be if you ever had a, a, a like a, a sliver of it and you but you've been like told off of it whatever it may be just Give yourself a chance on it. Just, just if you don't like it, you don't like it. It's not for everybody. And you know, I was listening to. Uh, I'll keep this uh, short. I was listening to uh, Greg on the Nerd Today podcast on Friday, right? And he was talking about how, like, when it comes to Superman, you have to like uh, work for it. You have to kind of work for um, understanding the character a little bit more deeper. And I feel like that also applies to Kingdom Hearts. Like, you, you, you have to like dig a little bit deeper than what you're getting at face value to really get the storytelling and the depth mm -hmm. of the characters and things like that i mean if you do that i think you'll 
behind some of the best storytelling and characters in gaming. I know a lot of people think that is a ridiculous statement, but that's how I feel. And I, I think many other people feel um, both in and out of the KF community. So uh, thanks everybody for uh, who tune in and uh, thanks bless. Thanks uh, Kevin. Thanks uh, Greg for letting me come on. Uh, Y'all are great. I love kind of funny and uh, that's it. Kim, kind of funny loves you and yeah everybody go check out unlocking kingdom hearts uh and yeah play through kingdom hearts if you have the inkling if you want to check it out and then listen to the podcast because it has a banger cast uh like cam like alexa ray korea like jonathan dornbush and like uh, uh kevin diaz yeah kevin diaz yeah. kevin diaz is the only person who i like i hadn't heard of uh beforehand and so now i gotta check it out just to hear some kevin because he sounds cool yeah he's, he's great cool. he's great and he's uh he's the other like producer on the podcast he's like all, almost all the editing and stuff it's it's all him and yeah. uh so it's he, he's killing it he's killing it remember this has been kind of funny games daily each and every day live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about we have a patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games so stick around for that otherwise until next time game daily <laughs>